What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the JM Special, where I talk about Dungeons & Dragons, Warhammer 40k, Magic the Gathering, and other aspects of my nerdy life. My name is John, I'll be your host for this Tavern Tuesday, where I delve into Dungeons & Dragons and help you become a better dungeon master for your games. On previous episodes, I've talked about things like building your factions or starting in a village, but what I want to actually give you is a easy three-step adventure model for you to use anytime you're going forward and trying to create an adventure on the fly. I have a few different methods that I like to use, but the one we're going to talk about today is the objective-based adventure. And these three steps are going to be super helpful for you just to jump in with minimal information and just a kind of a kind of like a brainstorming idea to kind of start with and build off of. Because I can tell you whenever I started off with D&D, um, I was ripping off other people's adventures. I now Matthew Colville had a great one, which was uh, the Daily Tomb. Really great. If you haven't seen the episode, go check it out because um, he goes over the bare minimums of what you need to at least start off and get your players playing a game. For me, as a homebrew guy, I love to create my own adventures. It's something that I really like to delve into, but I know a lot of people are not comfortable with it. So if you can answer these three questions or at least figure them out, it's going to help you with building a basic adventure for any of your campaigns you decide to run. You can use it for a simple one shot, or you can use it just for a simple session for an overarching campaign. So let me go ahead. I'm going to dive right in. So jumping into the three-step adventure model, um, this is specifically my objective-based adventure. I'll probably talk about um, location-based in the future, but objective-based is specifically these three steps. You have to determine the objective, okay, what needs to be done. Step two, you have to figure out who is giving the quest and what they are offering for the players to do it. And then step three, you have to design the encounters and the location. Starting with the end is great. Um, determining the objective, that journey is going to be flexible and allows the players the freedom to make different decisions based on their character and party on how to accomplish it. They can help you too if you are railroading because, you know, if you're planning on doing a larger adventure, maybe a full-on campaign, it's a lot easier if you know exactly where your players are going to end up so that way you can create the next start of the other quest or adventure line. Think of it almost like a domino effect where your players are going to complete a quest in the middle of a old Draugr tomb. Well, at the end of the old Draugr tomb, they're going to come across a spirit that's going to give them a quest that goes even bigger. Uh, maybe to go find a dragon egg. So you know your players are going to end up at a dragon egg at some point or a dragon hatchery. And then from there, that you can start another quest, which leads on an even bigger quest. So... In a way, you're kind of railroading your players, but you're giving them the freedom of that sandbox to determine what they want to get done. And really, that's the nice part is you just figure out, you know, point A to point B, point A to point B, point A to point B. But instead you think point A to point B, B to C, C to D, D to E, and then so on and so forth until you get done with all your adventure ideas. Then if your players wanted to explore a village for a session, or if they wanted to go look through a forest or go on a hunting party or do a little one-shot adventure that's not tied to your main quest, you can have those little random encounters and quests like using this model to make it easier for you to say, hey, they're gonna go get some more experience or find a specific piece of loot and then go on the much larger adventure later down the road. Step two is talking about who is giving the quest and what are they offering. Now. When you're thinking about who is giving the quest, 
this person should have some motivation or tie as to why the quest should be completed. If you are saying that your players are having to go find an herb in the middle of the forest again, they have to go and find that herb because the baker needs that specific herb to make a gourmet dish for the baron. He's got motivation. He's got reason to pay your characters. And then you have to figure out, okay, well, what motivates my characters? And we go to that three-step motivation. It's either loot, reputation, or experience. Now, the nice part is quests can easily offer all three of them. You know, the baker in that instance might say, hey, I'm going to give you 100 gold pieces to go and get that herb from the middle of the forest for me. Maybe. So, that, I mean, that's loot right there. Maybe, if you do such a good job of getting that, you will be my personal um, gourmet courier. So, you now have a title that's reputation. You'll be able to know through the land as the gourmet courier. And then finally, experience. Your players are going on a quest, they're probably going to get some experience points. And, as I'm going to mention in a second, there's probably a reason why your players are getting paid to go on this quest. And so, they're probably going to gain experience from some kind of encounter, be it from an enemy or a puzzle or just exploration in general. So, once you figure out your end, and then you create your beginning, now it's time to fill the middle. Now, filling the middle, it's really up to your players on going to point A to point B, how they're going to go through the path. Are they going to take longer where they're going to spend a day shopping for equipment in the town? Are they going to jump straight on the adventure and get lost in the woods? It's really up to them. But when you look at it, the players are going on this quest for a reason. They're getting paid for this quest for a reason. If it was as simple as just walking in the woods, picking up this herb and coming back, the baker would do it himself. However, there's most likely a challenge or something the players will have to face to actually accomplish it. So maybe this specific herb is surrounded by um, a pack of dire wolves that the players will have to get past, either by killing them or sneaking past them. Or maybe the forest is enchanted and maybe it's really difficult to go through it. Maybe the forest has a giant puzzle you have to solve to actually make it to that end location where that herb is grown. Maybe a crazy old hag guards the herb because it's her specific garden that this uh, baker is trying to get it from. And the players will have to try and trade, have a social interaction, or maybe a combat interaction to try and get that herb from the hag. So that's the nice part that I like to mention is if you're creating it from the objective, that's at least one encounter for your players to face. That's something that they get to experience. They get to role play through. They get to problem solve. And that's easy. But if you want to make a short quest, just go with the end, you know, and say, hey, we need to go kill an owlbear in the den. Make that the one encounter the players will have to face. They just go from where the uh, quest giver was at, and they go to the actual cave where the owlbear hangs out. And then they have to kill the owlbear. Boom. That's a really easy one encounter quest that you can do where your players can get some gold and get some experience and live life to the fullest. But if you want to stretch out this quest, you'll make it a little bit longer, maybe make this a much bigger adventure, then fill in a few other small encounters that you have to face. Maybe on their way to go kill an owlbear, they get stopped by some bandits on the road who are trying to haggle them for money. So now they have to have a social encounter or they have to have a combat encounter. Or maybe they get ambushed by a group of kobolds and now they've been taken prisoner and it pushes them even farther away. And now you've diverted your one little quest to make it a much bigger quest, giving them another objective they have to accomplish. They were going to go kill an owlbear. They got captured by kobolds and now they have to try and escape a kobold camp and then go kill the owlbear and then go get their quest completed. So that's cool because you can add little quests inside of your bigger quest. 
it's it's kind of like um, if you do any kind of programming, like HTML, very easy. You create a bracket. That bracket has you know specific functions inside of it, and then you can put more brackets inside those brackets, which do other specific functions. I know I'm a little nerding out right there, but that's you know programming in adventure building. So figure out your three-step adventure. You're gonna start with that objective at the end. You have to figure out who's gonna give the quest and what they're planning on giving the players to actually complete the quest. And then you have to design the encounters and location. Now designing your location around the quest, think of your end objective. Depending on what the players are going to do, it's gonna look a lot different for the location. If they're planning on going to go retrieve a ancient artifact from the middle of a tomb, that's filled with booby traps. Well, now the players are having to delve into a dungeon tomb and they're going to probably come across booby traps or puzzles that your players are going to have to solve and you probably need somebody with some good perception or good dexterity. Somebody who's going to get through there and be able to retrieve that artifact. That location is going to look different than if the players were tasked to go slay a, uh, a red dragon wormling. Um, chances are that red dragon wormling is going to be a little bit harder to kill. It's probably going to have a place where they can hang out and have a pretty decent layer. They may have some different pitfalls or dangers that players will have to come across or overcome in order to actually complete the campaign or quest in this instance. So once you figure out the objective, you're gonna really make it easy to figure out your locations and make it really easy to figure out encounters or what kind of session you want your players to go on. So now just a quick fire round as an example for the um, yeah, objective-based adventure, we're gonna go with the Owlbear adventure. So. Step one, what's the objective? Players are tasked with killing a dangerous owlbear in the forest. There you go. Step two, who's hiring? Thomas Logman is willing to pay 250 gold pieces for the beak of the beast, proof of a successful hunt, so he and his men will feel safe venturing in. So you have his motivation and you have what's gonna go through. They're gonna get experience for killing the owlbear, but they're gonna get loot or gold from him. And then point three, I wanna make a easy encounter this is just be like a one-step encounter where they go from here to there and then uh, I'm gonna make the entrance a scalable entrance so it's not gonna be just like oh walk in the cave like your players could probably have to make some athletic checks or acrobatic checks to get up the wall to even get to the owlbear in the first place so I'll make it a little bit more dynamic and maybe I'll, I might add in a little bit of a um, tracking skill challenge to go find the cave in the first place but uh, I'm planning on maybe making the encounter a night and day encounter. Since at nighttime, the owlbear is gonna be outside of the cave, daytime, the owlbear will be inside of the cave. So there you go. You've got yourself a little bit of a quest. You've got something that's really easy to mark down for your um, adventure. And then from starting from there, that you can start as that as the skeleton and you can add more encounters or quests into this. Chances are killing an owlbear is not gonna be a huge campaign quest. Um, compared to like taking down a dragon or killing a necromancer that is taking over the world. Those are a little bit different scale things, but this is just an easy quest that you can jump into. By this same principle, the three steps, you can take it to any scale game that you're looking to play. Even though I primarily play level one to five um, for my campaigns, this works for a level 20 campaign. It works for a level 15 campaign. It, it works for the campaigns with these much larger than life characters. Thank you all for taking a moment just to listen to my three-step adventure model. Hopefully this JM special episode around Dungeons & Dragons has been super helpful for you, and you can take this to your future games of D&D. 
If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to hear more examples, feel free to let me know at the JM Special at gmail.com. That's the official email for the podcast. Otherwise, you can see the JM Special at Twitter, or you can find me at the Real JM on just about every social media platform there is if you want to talk to me directly. So until next time, I'm going to wish you guys a good day, a good week. Um, remember to be kind to others, have fun, and enjoy life while you can. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye.